Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, I'm Simon of Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Rachel Lindstead. And Rachel and I have known each other for for many years now and she sent across her bio, which I'm I'm going to read bits of it out and uh, we'll talk about some of the other bits of the bio later as we go through the podcast. But Rachel is a coach, a mentor, a business coach, personal trainer, a nutritional therapist and has a passion and I can certainly attest to this for sharing her knowledge in these disciplines enabling and supporting her clients to learn how to thrive in their personal and professional lives. Ever since she can remember she says here she has enjoyed helping people and teaching them how to get the best out of their skills and potential. Over the years, this has developed into coaching and mentoring, personal training and nutritional therapy, uh, professions in which she's proud to hold numerous qualifications, including a BTEC National Diploma in Food Technology and Science, an HNC in Food Science and Technology. And I know the one that, um, you know, I was involved a little bit with Rachel at the time that she was going through this and such an achievement is an MSc in workplace health and well-being. Over the years, Rachel is proud to have worked with over 300 businesses with a combined impact on the health and well-being of over a thousand individuals. She also makes regular appearance on a local BBC radio station as their nutrition expert. Uh, So we're in a good company here, listeners, and has run two workplace health and well-being conferences. In life outside of work, Rachel adores cooking, and I can again uh, confirm that we had a charity event at our house a few years ago, and Rachel bought some amazing cakes and uh, things for this charity event, Uh, and she also enjoys entertaining, although she's put here in brackets, meals for one at the moment, Uh, so if there's any listeners out there who fancy changing that, then let her know, Uh, and she balances her time in the kitchen with being active through CrossFit and, oh, I didn't know this, Rachel, actually, open water swimming. Good to have you on the podcast, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Yeah, open water swimming. When, when did that start? I didn't know that. Um, last year, it started because a friend asked me, um, well, a friend was going to do the Great North Swim. Was it last year? No, obviously 2019. Ignore, yeah. Let's ignore 2020. Yeah. 2019 was going to do the Great North Swim and asked if I wanted to come along and watch her. And I'd always thought of, wanting to do open water swimming and we're lucky where I live just down the road I've got a a beautiful lake that's very highly regarded as one of the cleanest lakes locally to swim in and I was like well rather than expect I'll just I'll just do it with you so I entered um, and just absolutely adored it I didn't actually take part in the Great North Swim that year because of other commitments and I had got a back injury so didn't feel that I was in a position fit enough and healthy enough to do the swim but since then I've carried on swimming and I actually swim through the whole year um, and went through last winter so I do a winter swim club as well and I now don't do any competitions or any kind of charity events I do it purely for the escapism of being in the water of just feeling 
one with nature and a place where no one can get hold of me. <laughs> so, amazing. you know, it's that kind of sense of just complete oneness with yourself that you, yeah. especially when it's cold, you know, all you have to think, all you think about is moving your body and breathing because okay. that's all you can do when the water's five degrees. Yeah, and, that, and that, it's, it's interesting you say that because I think there's an element of discipline in that sort of open water swimming as well, isn't it? That's that's the other thing that I find that I just would lack. I wouldn't have that discipline that's needed to do something like that. Yeah, and also I think it's around that mental that mental strength of achieving it, you know, physically mm. going in the water when it's like five or six degrees. And I might not stay in the water very long, you know, five, ten minutes at the max properly. But the sense of overcoming those kind of those mental blocks you'd have on yeah. why you do this are just phenomenal. You feel yeah. amazing for days afterwards. Yeah, great. Well, if any listeners um, fancy knowing more about open water swimming or perhaps you're even open water swimming person yourself, then, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. And, yeah, there's a few people I know, actually, that have gotten into that and a couple of people who just go out there having silly temperatures you know uh, i just can't believe anybody would immerse themselves in swimming water like that so i take my hat off to you with that getting into the first questions today rachel uh, and i know at the moment you're not drinking coffee and we've talked about before the recording started that obviously you know you drink coffee and tea tell us a little bit about what you're drinking at the moment but also i want you to tell us about the mug that you're drinking it in okay so the mug first is a mug that says live well, laugh often, love much. Um, And I thought I'd pick it because I think it's very true right now that we have to kind of pull it, pull some things down to the simplest things in life. And laughter is something that's free and available to us 24 seven. And just remembering that, you know, the best things in life are things that are free. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good size as well, isn't it? It is a good size. (laughs) And in the mug is decaf. Yorkshire tea with milk and no sugar okay why the decaf then because I do struggle a little bit I always, I've always struggled with my sleep in general but I struggle with caffeine so I always will right. make sure if I have any drinks after midday that they are decaffeinated so that okay. I do get good some choice this evening. good choice and again we were talking off mic earlier on um that I stopped drinking coffee mid-afternoon, so I'm drinking tea. Sorry, listeners, you know, I know this is supposed to be a coffee podcast, but you know, I'm drinking tea as well, and it's Yorkshire tea, but mine's not decaf. But I find that drinking coffee later on in the day stops me from sleeping. But tea, I can literally drink two or three cups of tea before I go to bed, and it doesn't seem to make any difference. I don't know if it's a difference in the caffeine. We're talking the levels aren't much different before, but uh, I'm sure listeners will take some solace knowing that they're not the only ones that do that shift midday as well so is that your favorite tea or or have you got a different tea that's your favorite um i do like this one but i do tend to like earl grey so i have a a supermarket brand quite their luxury range of a decaf earl grey which i quite like um and i often drink that black um with maybe a slice of lemon in it so i find that quite refreshing and of course, we're always looking for sponsorship. So you can mention that that supermarket brand is Tesco. And Tesco, if you're listening, Tesco's we're always finest, open. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's Tesco's finest. And of course, you do some work sort of indirectly through Tesco as well, don't you? So it's good to know that you're supporting them in buying their products as well. I do. Yeah. Do some work yeah. for them. Yeah. Good. Think about the coffee then and the coffee that you drink. Um, what's your favorite coffee? 
I would say uh, whether this is a proper coffee or not, but I, I would say a mocha. So at home, um, mm-hmm. like on the weekend, I tend to make myself, I really like a hot chocolate. So a proper hot chocolate made with milk. And then okay. I'll put an espresso shot in it. And whether that's ah. a proper mocha or not, yeah. but basically that's that's what I really like. I love the like the indulgence of a hot chocolate, but I quite like the coffee that gives it that richness. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting you say that. Is it a proper coffee? Because I think listeners, you'll agree if you listen to the other podcast, so many people have so many of their own concoctions that they make. You know, we've had all sorts of uh, things mixed up, cinnamon, cocoa powder, putting coffee. I think you know, at the end of the day, it's what we love, isn't it? And that's why we drink it. And that's what this podcast is about. You know, it's about talking about the drinks that we love drinking. And if that's what you love drinking, then fine. My favorite coffee you know, irrespective of brand and uh, everything else, is a gingerbread latte. I love gingerbread lattes. It's because I love gingerbread. I love anything that tastes of ginger, ginger tea and lemon, you know, whatever it is. So, uh, yeah, gingerbread latte is definitely my favourite, as many of the listeners already know. So you've, you've talked about having the, the, the mocha um, and that. Is there, when you have your Earl Grey, you said with a, a lemon, uh, is there any, anything else that you perhaps might, sort of change it a little bit a different way you have it do you have it in a big mug small mug um, clear glass um sometimes i tend to have a small my this is an exception because i'm quite tired today but yeah. um i usually have my tea in smaller in more of a teacup rather than oh. a mug. um and i think that probably comes down to actually I sometimes don't like tea very much because when we were younger, mum used to make tea that was really weak. And we always used to joke about the vicar coming to tea. Sometimes (laughs) tea can make me feel a bit sick. So I tend to have a small amount in the afternoon with my afternoon snack. Um, But I also like things. I do like kind of a mint infusion or a mint tea. So I often have mint as well. Okay. as a refreshing and I find that's really useful is sometimes if I am feeling kind of my food hasn't settled well uh, mint is a fantastic digestive aid so yeah, if yeah. after I've had a heavy meal I would tend to choose a, a mint based yeah. it's interesting uh, and for listeners they might have listened to this uh, I had a guest called Chris Murphy and he he loves weak tea I'm sure it was Chris uh, and he literally would get five or six cups of tea out of one tea bag and he, he's the kind of person who, uh, and I'm sorry, Chris, if I'm getting the wrong person, but this particular person would make their cup of tin and drive a tea bag out so they could use it later on. Because, you know, literally they put a lot of milk in it, a lot of water into it and just a little dash of tea, which, uh, yeah, is not my way of doing it. You know, being a, a builder in past days, you know, if a teaspoon isn't stood up straight in it, then uh, it's not worth drinking. So we've talked about tea. We've talked about coffee and, and what your favorites are. Moving on to more the the business questions, Rachel. What's what's been the most significant or the latest thing that you've actually worked on or fixed in your own business? Um, I think for me, it I wrote down when I was thinking about this was about becoming clear in my offering, um, okay. and and kind of what issues I can solve for people. Um, like problem you know looking at it from a different point of view rather than this is what I do would you want it it's kind of looking at um, externally in on on my services and showing and defining how I can solve problems I offer a range of different services and I've always struggled I think a little bit because I can do so many different things is how do you have clarity with that so I've been working really hard about trying to bring clarity to that and I know 
Yeah, I know we spoke the the other day, which is what's led to this podcast, and you're you're looking at doing a little bit of a shift on branding and identity as well, and you know, taking some of what you do personally and you know, branding up as Rachel Instead and, and offering that more personal service away away from the business services that you offer on the nutrition side. It, has that come out of that sort of look at the offering at all? Or is that something completely different, do you think? No, I think it has come out of that. It's realising that if I want my business to succeed, be it as my business brand or as myself, you know, finding an income, basically, Mm. I need to get clear on in my own head what I'm doing, but also make sure that it's clear for for my potential customers to understand. Um, And some of the things that I offer as Rachel Linstead, and they will always be under me as a person and um just didn't fit very well under under the business brand and it just felt like people were potentially coming along to my website and not really finding what they wanted or looking for after I'd spoken about it and then not really having anywhere else to go um Mm. so it found like the website wasn't wasn't the right mechanism for just all the different offerings and uh my brand so it felt like actually some of the things that they're looking for are really Rachel Linstead that are never scalable they could never be sold they're really down to me and my knowledge so why not market it under myself rather than through my business brand yeah and I think Donald Miller talks about the fact that you know the, the biggest thing that gets in the way of sales is confusion and the more confusing you make the message the more you try to add to the message and different layers within the message you know sometimes we feel that we're trying to sell to everyone but it is about having that clear offering and then attracting people to that offering isn't it so um yeah definitely stripping away the confusion is a good thing so what kind of difference has that made in you first of all how has it made you feel in getting that clarity on the offering I think it's helped me because I feel less muzzled and it's kind of really clear cut for me that this would be under this brand and then this would come under um, Rachel Linstead. And I think then I become excited because I can see how easier it is to market because it's a clear cut. This is for these people. This is for these people. And it just makes it so much, you know, I've been looking at my brand strategy and my marketing strategy and looking at my brand pillars and all the things, but (laughs) so much easier when yeah. I think of it as a separate rather than trying to do it under one brand that could could easily fit it all under, but not right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for the, for the listeners, that's interesting as well, because what you're talking about there, I suppose, and many of them will probably connect with it, is your own confusion, isn't it? You know, if it's confusing to yourself and, you know, you by looking at it, you almost become paralyzing. I know I've done that many times in my business. You get to the point where you feel there's nowhere to go because you're paralyzed by that confusion um, as soon as you get that clarity, the fog clears and you can get things done, can't you? And, and you can move things forward, which you know the listeners can't see, but you know, I can see your background there. You know, you've got your new branding up there. You suddenly start to see things with so much more intensity and, like you say, excitement, isn't it? You know, that's that's good that you feel excited about the business. We should all love our business, shouldn't we? Yeah, and I think it's also helps because it also. You know, I like I said, I do a lot of different things. So in the, I've got lots to talk about, and in yeah. a way, the two I had too much. I've got too much to talk about, and having it simplified into two really clear areas makes it easier okay. as well. So it gives me content kind of options and stuff that still probably yeah. fit across the two, but really clear now about yeah. okay, that okay. content fits nicely here, and this content fits nicely here. 
Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the on the spot then, and at this point, probably give the listeners uh, an idea of, you know, what you can offer and how best to get in touch. So, from a point of, of Firecracker and and what you offer under Firecracker, mm-hmm. just tell the listeners, you know, not as a sales pitch, but just tell the listeners what it would be that you'd expect to find under Firecracker and how. And I know it's a work in progress at the moment, listeners, so don't go there and expect it all to be done. It depends when you're listening to this recording. But, you know, what would you expect uh, to, to get under Firecracker and where would be the best place to go and look at it either now or in the future? So Firecracker is very much around working with organisations to create happy, healthy workforces. Um, and it's about how we spend a lot of time at work earning money and most people for most people that's in a job um, and I, my belief is that we should enjoy being at work and so I work with organizations to do that through lots of different things but focusing on positive culture and well-being um, being the two things that I think impact mostly on people in the workplace so the way that you're treated by the organization and the culture yeah. that is is created by an organization but also about being looked after as an individual and how you are be appreciated for being a human being and not a figure but also your well-being and health is looked after as well yeah okay and they can find information on that at a website i take it yeah they can yeah which is um www.firecracker-uk.co.uk perfect great so listeners jot that down and make a note of that and go and take a look at the website I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into what you've just said there, Rachel, because I think there will be people listening to this that are on both sides of the fence. From a business point of view, uh, and you and I have had this conversation over the years, very often uh, businesses, particularly here in the UK, and I know listeners, you know, you, your perspective elsewhere in the world might be different. But here in the UK, it's been a very slow process of businesses even starting to embrace this. For the business owners uh, that are out there, what would you say is the biggest obstacle and what is a good way of changing their perspective of what might get in the way of embracing sort of workplace well-being? I think the biggest obstacle is it's hard to measure and also it's it, it requires change of behaviour. Mm-hmm. So it is not only is it kind of a little bit can be seen as intangible. I don't agree. It is intangible. It is. It isn't. Yeah. I mean, you can measure it, but it's not as easy as some other um, business um, KPIs that we might. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it requires a lot of effort um, and a lot of inward looking. So I've worked with organisation who aren't quite ready to open that can of worms, shall we say? Okay. Yeah. Um, because I think it is when you look at things like culture and well-being, it's probably admitting that you're not there. Yeah. And and whether people want are open to admit that, but I believe that once if they do admit it, then it it's a bit like anything. Once you realise you've got a problem, you, you're halfway to solving it, really. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I think you know that's one of the things is actually be open to look at it. And there's always going to be improvements. You can always make improvements in terms of culture and you can yeah. always make improvements on help, helping people to be healthy in and out of work. So for a business owner listening to what you just said there, because now that just feels even more like something that I probably see as a, a huge mountain to climb. What one thing could you tell me as a business owner that I should change in me and the way I look at it that might help me see it as a better decision? 
I think the the thing for me is it might be a one off, it might be a one off um, investment in the business, but the payoff is a long term investment. And once you've made that investment once, yeah. you, once you help someone to be healthy, for example, they tend to continue on that trajectory of health. So you yeah. might invest in the first year in in investing in someone's health, but ultimately, them being healthier is only going to, you know, make them more efficient and more product have more productivity subsequently as long as they stay within the business so you get that return on investment okay it might take a little bit longer but you get a year-on-year return investment and you may have only made that investment in the year one but you'd still have that in year five if that person stayed with the business so I think it's about this having this long-term view of make and you make more money if you've got healthier happy staff ultimately we know there's more money to be made so two two things then really Uh, short-term pain for a massively long-term gain through as you, you know as you said there it's a bit of compounding you know getting better and better and also yeah make more money i think two great reasons why every business owner that's a listener to this podcast should consider doing something you know and i suppose it's small steps it doesn't have to be a massive step does it it can just be doing something to improve your workplace well-being as well i think sometimes people perhaps get fearful of having to go for a huge program and a huge massive influx of change and sometimes it's small steps at a time isn't it yeah and I think that sometimes the fear is it's going to cost a lot of money you know get consultants in and they're going to you know charge a lot of money but a lot of the work I do is it's just about you know my business is called firecracker for a reason it's about putting that spark in and then letting that spark grow um yeah and it is a lot of the time a lot of stuff that I do with businesses it's the smallest thing the smallest amount of money I charge them has the greater impact and I think like I went back at the beginning, we were talking about the best things in life are free. That works so well within a business context as well. The smaller gestures you do for your staff to to, to demonstrate that you care and you're invested in them will pay much more dividends than the grand gestures of, you know, gifts and bonuses and stuff. People obviously need money to live and, but actually it's the small gestures that count. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Looking at the the second part of what I mentioned, I'm now talking to the listeners who are employees. Mm-hmm. They might be managers, they might be supervisors, they, they might be leaders in the business, but perhaps they're not the business owners or they're not the entrepreneurs. What tip can you give them of how they can better look after their own well-being in the workplace? Um, I think it's about looking after self. So self-care is not selfish um, and making sure you're you are in a good position yourself and asking for support if you need that, be it that physical or mental support. Yeah, Um, because you can't you can't pour from an empty cup, as they say. And so I always believe that you need to look after yourself before you can help others. So making sure that you are in a position of of good well-being and ultimately well-being is fluctuating it's like we're on a you know we're on a continuum yeah, yeah and we always will be um and you always you know have good and bad days but making sure that on the whole you are you know have a sense a good sense of well-being in all sense of the word is a great place because if you're there you are more present with people and yeah. therefore you can pick up if someone is struggling for example if you're not struggling with your own self that makes right. sense. Okay. Yeah. Perfect sense. Yeah. And I love that. I've written that down there on my little post-it note here. Self-care is not selfish. I like that. So uh, definitely important. So 
that's how it's been uh, for you personally. And you've shared some great tips there. So thanks, Rachel, for that. Um, I know it's probably a bit too early to ask this question, um, but either doing it and answering it as though somebody has taken a benefit and somebody you know, but it's taken a benefit. How has this change in clarity of your offering? How has it actually benefited your clients? Or if, if it hasn't yet, because I know it is in the early stages, how do you think it will benefit them? I think it will benefit them in it is early stages, so I can't really answer that yep. as a true client. But I think they'll benefit is because they'll get a much more con- focused and clear idea of what is expected of me and what I will yep. deliver, which is much more kind of can be kind of boxed up in a way. So yep. the, the results can be measured more tangibly. I think they can be measured tangibly anyway. But yep. I think having that clearer offer and understanding the differences between the offers will allow them to make that better informed business decision what is right for them. Yeah, great. And thinking about um, you know your own sort of uh, brand of Rachel Lindstead, um finding you on social media is there a social media platform that you prefer are you would you prefer uh, you know do you prefer facebook do you prefer linkedin and if people are going to connect with you which one would be the best one to find you on um i prefer instagram if i'm honest Ooh, i really okay. like instagram yep. um i use instagram probably more than i use any of the other platforms right. um i just find it as a business, even as a business community, both people are employed or people who are self-employed and run their own businesses, I find it a lot, much more supportive um, okay. place. And I'm not yeah. sure if that's changed or that will change in the future, but I, I do love Instagram. I think it's because I'm quite a visual person, so I quite like the pictures and yeah. quite like the stories because they feel much more like real life and you get a real insight into a business, warts yeah. and all, shall we say. But Yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I was... I was um reading an article the other day uh, that was emailed through and I went onto the website from Jenna Kutcher uh, on Instagram and she got some great tips. And certainly I think there's a swell in the people who are really, really making the most of social media from a business point of view and from a self-promotion point of view, there's a real swell of interest in Instagram. And it's been there for a while, uh, even to the point where I know Facebook now, you can post to both Facebook and Instagram through the Facebook business suite so they're trying to bring the two uh, together so it'll be interesting to see where instagram uh, actually ends up and how it amalgamates more with facebook or, or not as the case may be but it's certainly interesting to see so many people uh, that are on there uh, so finding you on instagram how do, how do people find you on instagram what do we search for so you could search for Rachel Lindstead and, and my... Can you just spell that just so we know? Uh, I know there's lots of different ways potentially people might spell Rachel. So it's Rachel, which is R-A-C-H-E-L. Yep. Then it's underscore and it's Lindstead, L-I-N-S-T-E-A-D. Okay, so we can search for you on there. And I should imagine using the same first name, last name, we can find you probably on LinkedIn and what have you as well. Yeah, and... Uh, on my Instagram, I have a firecracker account as well, um, okay. which is more around the workplace health stuff um, right. or will be more around the workplace health stuff. And the Rachel instead will be more the personal kind of coaching yeah. stuff. That I'm... That's interesting that you've got sort of two, two accounts as well, one for each. So that's definitely a separation of that identity that you were talking about earlier on. 
Yeah, I'd always kind of with Rachel, the Rachel Linster one has been my personal account. And then the firecracker has been more the business account. But in recent mm. weeks, Rachel Linster is also now a business account. So it will yeah. be a real clear content on one will be around more, more focused talking to, uh, directly to businesses around workplace culture and well-being. And Rachel Linster will be talking more probably to individuals around improving thriving in their yeah. lives, be them employed or, yeah. or self-employed. Great. Great. Well, that's interesting. And uh, I'm sure the listeners will find it intriguing uh, about the use of Instagram and also uh, about the the potential to split the different accounts. Yeah, I've never really thought about that myself as well. So if you could give the listeners one tip or one lesson, because that's what this podcast is about, giving people some education. Um, we've already learned so much from you already, Rachel. So thank you for that. But if you could give people something that they can do something with something practical something that they can take action on once they've learned it from you today what what would it be that you would share um well the one i wrote down wasn't very practical but um so <laughs> let me think on my feet here yeah. um the one thing i would say is to and this is comes back to being a nutritionist and something i talk about quite a lot is eat a rainbow every day so oh, okay when, that's an interesting so, comment yeah so this probably has got nothing to do with business, but I think it's got everything to do with business. But yeah. um, as a nutritionist, I would suggest that people try and eat a rainbow of fruit and veg every day. So if you think of the colours of the rainbow, the seven colours of the rainbow, yeah. we eat seven portions of fruit and veg, um, two being fruit and five being vegetables, um, and making sure you get all the different colours of the rainbow in there. Wow. Um, and the reason I say that is your pot of gold at the end of it is good health because we ultimately um the more veg fruit and vegetables we eat the healthier we will be um and that's only a bonus if you're an if you have your own business because you need to yeah. have good health to run your business so yeah. and, and how many people do we speak to when we're out there coaching and mentoring people who complain about lack of energy lack of enthusiasm feeling tired all the times and yes some of that is mindset but very often it starts with diet doesn't it and it's interesting you said rainbow because straight away i'm thinking about the foods that i've probably eaten today and everything is brown today yeah beige i always think about it if beige, beige food equals beige mood and that's how yeah. i see it is you know if we eat colorful food we have lots of vitamins and minerals we have a colorful life um mm. and so yeah that would be my tip to try and eat yeah. Yeah. and a portion in the uk so we're talking about uk what we class as a portion is 80 grams um, that's not very scientific but i would say basically it's a handful so most people's handfuls are relative their size the handful is relative to their body size so yeah. it'd be seven portions so seven handfuls of fruit and veg a day and great you know that's the first step to great health great well that's amazing and listeners uh rachel can see me on the video i've got a post-it note here and every podcast i try to write down a strap line or something that i can put in the the headline and Rachel I think you know if any listeners are listening to this there's going to be so many things that they can tweet you know self-care is not selfish um you know being clear on your offering equals you know uh, solving problems and eat a rainbow every day that's that's going to be my favorite one now and again for for the listeners here in the UK that's going to be pretty easy for us to remember because you know, we're surrounded by NHS rainbows, aren't we? You're looking somebody's window, you look on signs, you look on fronts of buildings, everybody's thanking the NHS and seeing a rainbow. So if you're not sure what colours are in a rainbow, I'm sure it's going to be much easier to do what Rachel's just asked us to do out there and, 
uh, eat a rainbow. That doesn't mean the is it Skittles? I was going to say, yeah, different... it's not, it's <laughs> it's not rainbow Skittles. Fruit, rainbow fruit and veg a day, just not a rainbow of food because people go, oh, yeah. I have Skittles. No, yeah. they can't. Yeah. Although I do, I do remember being at one of your workshops and you actually gave out Skittles, didn't you? So um, yeah. I do remember that. I think you sent me some as well, didn't you? Something in the M&M's, branded M&M's. one. M&M's, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I like branded, branded. M&M's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, live the rainbow. Eat the rainbow, live the rainbow. Yeah, there you go. That's what we can take away from today. Uh, amazing. Uh, so thinking about our next drink, um, when it's going to be, now whether it's tea or coffee, um, is up to you but because of the the point where we record this we're still in a sort of national lockdown in the uk and it's hard to go out for a coffee it's almost impossible to go out for a coffee unless it's a takeaway um if you were to have your next tea or coffee and tell us when that's going to be but if you could have it in a dream location rachel where would that dream location be and just describe it for the listeners don't just give us a location tell us tell us a little bit about it Okay, well, it'd probably be next... Well, I'm having coffee with my friend next week, but if it was being a dream location, which this won't be because it'd be at our desks on Zoom, it would be Lincoln, somewhere in the Bellgate around Lincoln. So in Lincoln in the UK, we're very privileged to have a castle and a cathedral kind of next door to each other. So I'd probably sit in, I think it's called Castle Square, which basically links the two castle and cathedral. And okay. just sit and look and watch as the sun rises over them. Um, both amazing buildings um, yeah. offer fantastic vistas. Um, but I think it's just the sense of what an amazing place that we live in. Yeah. Um, very privileged to live in Lincoln. And I never forget when I walk through the Bale, which is the area yeah. where the, the castle and the cathedrals live, um, sit, how lucky we are to yeah. be amongst these buildings that have probably seen so much change and so much yeah yeah history um, history and yeah. action yeah yeah and they're still standing and they look magnificent yeah. and if, if only if, they could talk if only they could talk yes yeah. so, and of course sometimes they do you know the, if there's any archaeologist listening to this you probably say that the buildings and the you know, things around them do talk and it, it's i think it's really important that you've mentioned that as well because we often take for granted what is on our own doorstep you know i used to live in mansfield and yeah, i've lived in mansfield for 30 years and i went to an event that was in newstead abbey mm-hmm. and i used to go to newstead abbey as, as as a kid we used to go on school trips and used to really take it for granted and you know, i've traveled hundreds of miles to go to locations that aren't a patch on newstead abbey in mansfield and it wasn't until I went to that event, I thought, you know, you really do lose sight of what's on your doorstep. Yeah, and I've got That's an annual pass to the castle. So I love, you know, on a, any day, it's open to the public anyway. So you can go in and walk around the, you know, yeah. the grounds, which is at the moment is beautiful because obviously you can go and walk around the grounds and take the children then they come around and yeah. get tired. But I've got an annual pass, which allows me to go onto the wall walk when it's open. Okay. And I do that probably once a month or once every two weeks and any time of the day. And it's so lovely just to look out across the county. And every time I walk up on the wall, I spot something different. um, I should imagine if I've never been on the wall, but I should imagine the views because, you know, Lincoln is on a real, real steep hill. You know, I can see Lincoln Cathedral uh, from my house. If I look over that way, I can see it and it's what, 30 miles away and I can see it sat there. So I should imagine the views are pretty amazing from up there. 
Yeah, and because it, you can walk all the way around now, so you have 365 views, you know, seeing 360 degree views of the whole of the, the city and beyond. Uh, and I didn't realise that. Yeah, so the wall walk is completely, in, you know, you walk all the way around, which is just phenomenal, you know, yeah. and like I say, I spot things and it doesn't yeah. never tires of yeah. seeing those views. Yeah, well, again, you know, uh, slightly tongue in cheek, but if stay in Lincoln or visit Lincoln would like to sponsor this podcast after we've spoken so much about Lincoln, you're more than welcome to. But yeah, a, a good a good tourist information uh, pitch there, Rachel, for, for Lincoln. So we listeners, we've learned um, obviously how to get in touch with with Rachel, uh, both personally and with Firecracker with the website as well, which yeah, I think we all understand is going to be a work in progress as you clarify this this offering. And I think it's really important, particularly for those of us listening to this who perhaps are service providers, that we get that clarity. Um, we understand that you know selfish um, is really you know self-care is not selfish is what i've written down here and giving us some good tips there as business owners and as employees about how we can look after ourselves and look after our well-being in the business as well and uh, yeah an amazing tip that you shared there at the end of uh, eating a rainbow so that's going to be the headline of this podcast eat the rainbow live the rainbow achieve the rainbow I think that's going to be the thing. Well, so, achieve uh, the pot of gold. That's what you achieve want. Achieve the pot of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Get the pot of gold. Yeah. So thank you very much, Rachel, for being on today's podcast. And thank you for imparting such insights that I know the listeners will have taken some value. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to have you on today. Thank you for having me. And listeners, as you always know and are aware of, this is part of my mission to help business owners, entrepreneurs and other coaches around the globe be better educated, which I know we've certainly received that from Rachel today, become more aware, which we've taken bucket loads of that, uh, bucket loads of gold away from that. Uh, and of course, we've talked a little bit about coffee and we've talked about some some tea too, uh, particularly the Tesco uh, finest Earl Grey as well. That's drunk in a teacup as you'd expect it to be. So I look forward to having you on the next podcast and thanks for listening to this one. Bye for now.